The Megadef Episode by Rav Yair Khan Parashat Amor includes the parasha of the Ma'adim, which deals with the sanctity of time. The Torah notes specifically how this sanctity expresses itself in the context of the Mikdash through korbanot offered on those special occasions. The Torah further notes the laws of lighting the menorah and placing the lechem apanim on the table, both of which take place in the sanctuary and express aspects of the service that are constant and consistent, tamid, in contrast to the once-a-year events of the Ma'adim. This section is immediately followed by the story of the Megadef, the blasphemer. Following that story, the Torah focuses on the laws of Shemitah and Yovel, returning to the theme of sanctity of time. The episode of the Megadef appears to be out of place. What is its connection to the parashiot that precede and follow it? Why did the Torah record the story after the parasha of the Ma'adim and before that of Shemitah and Yovel? The simplest solution would be to claim that the episode of the Megadef occurred at this point, thus alleviating the search for thematic flow. However, the question of location is deeper than that. We must ask not only why this parasha is placed at the end of Parashat Emor, but what it is doing in Sefer Vayikra at all. The Sefer is almost entirely halachic in nature, not narrative. The events that occurred after the inauguration of the Mishkan are recorded in Sefer Bamibar. Thus, chronological order cannot justify the location of this section at the end of Emor, or, for that matter, in Sefer Vayikra. An additional difficulty is that the section itself seems to lack focus and unity. The Torah describes that after the Megadef sins, he is placed under guard, because Moshe does not know what punishment he deserves. Then Moshe receives an odd list of laws, which begins with instructions regarding the proper punishment of a Megadef, but quickly digresses into a seemingly unrelated discussion about murder and damages. And you shall speak to the children of Israel, saying, Whosoever curses his Lord shall bear his sin, and he that blasphemes the name of Hashem shall be put to death, and he that smites any man mortally shall be put to death, and he that smites a beast mortally shall pay a life for a life, and if a man shall maim his colleague, as he has done, so shall it be done to him, a break for break, an eye for eye, a tooth for tooth, and he that kills a beast shall pay, and he that kills a man shall be put to death. In summary, we have raised three serious difficulties with the parasha of the Megadef. First, what is the common denominator of the various laws mentioned in the parasha? Second, what is the relationship between this parasha and the parashiot before or after? And third, why did the Torah record this episode in Sefer Vayikra? Let us begin with the various laws mentioned together with that of the Megadef. Murder, property damage, specifically killing another person's animal, and bodily damage. The primary category of all of the above is ben adam lachavero, between man and his fellow. In contrast, the transgression of blasphemy is ben adam lamakom, between man and Hashem. Why does the Torah juxtapose a religious transgression together with social misbehaviors? The answer to this question is found in the opening sentence of this section. And they fought in the camp, the Israelite man and the son of the Israelite woman. From this introduction, it is clear that the act of blasphemy was not a result of a crisis of faith or anger at Hashem, but rather an ordinary civil dispute. Our question should therefore be redirected. How did civil strife lead to such a serious religious transgression? It is important to recall that Sefer Vayikra is the Sefer of Kiddushah. The Sefer is titled Torat Kohanim, based on the vision of Israel as a kingdom of Kohanim. What ramifications does this have for human behavior? How does it impact on the way a person deals with his fellow? 
The Torah's answer to this question is offered in Parashat Kedoshim, where the Torah records many civil laws under the banner, You shall be holy, for I, Hashem, your Lord, am holy. It is forbidden to steal, lie, and cheat. One must judge fairly and honestly. Taking revenge is prohibited, and one is called upon to love his fellow. Within the context of our discussion of the Megadev, we should take special notice of Pasuk Yudalid. Do not curse one who is deaf. While all of the above can be attributed to ethical norms, in Sefer Vayikra, the source is the call for Kiddushah and fear of Hashem. Unfortunately, despite the ideal of Kiddushah and the utopian civil behavior that it demands, human beings inevitably fail. Basic human characteristics and instincts combine to create social friction, which clouds the vision of Kiddushah. What happens when this vision becomes blurred and jealousy and passions are aroused? How does civil strife express itself within the context of Kiddushah? Is this not the story of the Megadev, in which blasphemy resulted from social frustration and not religious heresy? The story begins with an ordinary fight between two men. Normally, disputes result in one person trying to get back at his antagonist. He might intentionally damage property. Perhaps he will decide to destroy his adversary's flock. In some situations, he might inflict bodily harm, or maybe Khalila take a life. In Sefer Vayikra, however, a different path is chosen, and the son of the Israelite woman blasphemed the name and cursed. If the framework is one of Kedushah, then social frustration may travel on a religious path. One may defile Kedushah in order to inflict religious pain on his adversary. Within this context, blasphemy is an act of revenge, not an expression of heresy. Based on the above, we can explain the inner integrity of the parashah of the Megadev. It is a parashah of civil dispute within the context of Sefer Vayikra, and is therefore combined with the laws of murder, bodily harm, and monetary damages. However, we have yet to explain the puzzling location of this parashah. Why was this story recorded between the parashah of Mo'adim and the parashah of Shemitah? Sefer Vayikra, which is almost entirely halachic, seems to be intentionally removed from the human historic context. It is meta-historic. It is a vision, a challenge, not a historic reality, and therefore contains very few stories. The historic context of the Sefer of Kedushah is one day, one transcendental moment when fire descended from the Almighty and devoured the offerings on the altar. The human efforts to achieve that Kedushah are documented in Sefer Shemot. The human attempts at implementing it are retold in Sefer Bamidbar. Despite being almost totally halachic, two stories are nonetheless recorded, the story of the death of Nadav and Avihu and the episode of the Megadev. The reason that the Torah recorded the death of Nadav and Avihu in Vayikra is obvious. After all, Aharon's two children were killed on the eighth day with the same fire that descended from heaven and devoured the sacrifices placed on the altar. The inclusion of the Megadev story, however, remains a mystery. Perhaps we can suggest that both stories contain a common denominator, they both deal with the interface between Kedushah and human reality. They both describe situations in which inappropriate human behavior results from a Kedushah existence. Nadav and Abihu were destroyed because they felt that they were worthy of entering Hashem's presence. Living in a world of Kedushah, they failed to note the infinite gap separating man and God. They took the idea of Kedushah and its application to the world of humans too far. They tried to extend themselves beyond the reaches of man and enter the presence of God. The story of the Megadev also deals with problems resulting from the interface between Kedushah and human reality, but from the other end of the spectrum. 
the episode began as an ordinary civil strife, but escalated to blasphemy because of the context of Kedushah. The Megadev was unable to elevate himself and control his jealousy. He succumbed to his basic human inclinations, but due to the context of Kedushah, this resulted in defiling the name of Hashem. These two stories thus complement each other, as each describes a different aspect of inherent tension between human reality and the vision of Kedushah. We are called upon to be a kingdom of priests and a holy nation. We must retain our humanity, but redeem our existence as we aspire for Kedushah. Nadav and Abihu failed to recognize the limits of humanity, while the Megadev failed to redeem his human existence. In light of the above, we might view the two stories of Vayikra as a frame of the Sefer. The story of Nadav and Abihu's death follows the opening section of Sefer Vayikra, which begins with the statement, And Hashem called unto Moshe and spoke unto him out of the tent of meeting. This calling was an invitation to Moshe to enter the sanctuary after the glory of Hashem filled the Mishkan on the eighth day of the Miluim and prevented Moshe's entry. Later, the Torah documents the first seven days of the Miluim, and Rashi notes that Ein Mukdam Umilchar Torah, the Torah is not bound by historical order. These seven days actually preceded the opening verse of the Sefer, which takes place on the eighth day. The Ramban notes that historical order is the default position, and any change must be explained. Why did the Torah distort the historical sequence in this case? Why couldn't Vayikra begin with the seven days of Miluim, and the fire descending from heaven on the eighth day, and subsequently record the laws of the Karbanot that Moshe actually received later on that day? Perhaps the Torah intentionally began Sefer Vayikra with the eighth day, because that day, when the glory of Hashem appeared to Israel is the essence of the opening unit. This serves as a foreword to the entire Sefer. It sets the tone with the appropriate historical framework for the Kedushah idea. In order to emphasize this idea, the Torah distorted historical sequence and opened the Sefer with the eighth day, with the divine call inviting Moshe to enter the place of Kedushah. According to this suggestion, the opening section of the Sefer ends when the celestial fire descends and consumes the sacrifices placed on the altar. What happened immediately following that dramatic moment was the deaths of Nadav and Abihu. The story of the Megadev is recorded right before the closing unit of Chumash Vayikra, which records the covenant of Har Sinai and various related laws. The common denominator of this section is Har Sinai. Chapter 25 begins, And Hashem spoke to Moshe in Har Sinai, saying, The Torah concludes the covenant with a pasuk. These are the statutes and ordinances and laws, which Hashem made between him and the children of Israel in Har Sinai by the hand of Moshe. The Chumash comes to an end with the words, These are the commandments which Hashem commanded Moshe for the children of Israel in Har Sinai. In contrast to the beginning of Vayikra, where the divine word emanates from within the sanctuary, the Torah notes Har Sinai as the divine source for this unit. Perhaps, the location of the Megadev story immediately before the closing unit of Sefer Vayikra is meant to parallel the Nadav and Avihu story, which follows the opening unit. The Torah hints to the relationship between these two complementary stories, which both deal with the complexity of being a holy nation. The first, in which man moves forward too far, and the second, in which man has not moved far enough.